0: As soon as I hear "self-made," I think about hard work, determination, and having a vision, and actually following through with that vision.
1: uh, For everyone watching, uh, you've been beyond uh, famous for Jesus twenty years, probably twenty-one. Yeah, nuts. Twenty-one plus years. Insane. So today, I. I, I reached out to J.D. Uh, I didn't speak to him. Today I spoke to uh, DeBrat. Okay. Today today I spoke to, remember Mel Testamer? Yes. Um, I reached out to Scooter. I'm expecting a call back. So I go back to Jermaine. We met when you were like 15 or 14. And I, my first brand that I did anything with in music was with Jermaine. And it was a brand called, I don't know if you remember, it's been in a bunch of videos. It was in, uh, I think they like me. It was a brand called the number three vodka. Three vodka, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: That's my brand.
0: There was the, a the clear bottle with the big three. Big like, three. Like the, like the panty strip, the black, black exactly, top. Exactly, exactly. Yes, sir. So
1: so that brand has JD and that whole experience has an amazing memory for me for a number of reasons. One is the brand didn't work. Um, but it didn't work because I didn't trust my gut. Mm-hmm. And I listened to everybody else kind of tell me what to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, but what came out of that was, was the relationships I built with in music, um, and understanding how to work with artists, which is, as you know, can be its own thing. Yeah. With producers, with managers, um, and it was, it's amazing. And and DeBrad, I remember, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but it's just fun. Like DeBrad, as an example, I remember doing a bottle signing with DeBrad in New York. And we had, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't want to spend any money. And I picked her up my, I rented an SUV myself, and I picked her up myself at the airport. <laughs> and we drove around together. I was the driver. She was in the back. We went to White Castle together. We went to that all sounds the right.
0: together. Brett um, still eats White Castle to this day. She loves White Castle. Loves White um,
1: Castle. And people, when we drove through the drive through they were freaking out. They were freaking out because it was the Brat in the backseat of the car. And granted, remember, this is 2005, 2004. Um, but... But anyway, I have a huge soft spot. DeBrat loves my father. My father was in his seventies at the time and she got him completely stoned because they went out and hung out together <laughs> in Miami. Um, but it was fun catching up with her today. But anyway, it's neat because it brings back special memories of both trying to get there perspective right. um and not getting there, but taking those steps and right. uh This conversations, I I take bits and pieces from everybody and, and conversations like this, which we call self-made is about kind of getting there. Um, but long-winded way of asking you, let's start with what does self-made
0: bow-wow mean to you? It means that, um, for me, as soon as I hear self-made, I think about hard working, you know, determination, um creating, you know, starting something on your own, having a vision and actually following through with that vision. You know what I'm saying? Um, And and watching it come to life. And and to me, that's what self-made is for me. I mean, just even going back early on in my career, just hearing what you were saying, like how, you know, it it is hard in the beginning. It it is hard. You have to go through those steps. You have to go through it, but it's all about the fight, right? And then once you reach that point, you appreciate you know the fight. You appreciate the the times you got turned down because it feels so good because you know that you worked so hard. Um, so to me, you know, when, when I when I think of self made, those are the things that come to my mind. You know.
1: Do, do you think
0: I, I was thinking about you the
1: past couple of days, and you've had, you know, most <laughs> you're an anomaly um, yeah. <laughs> in the sense of most people. You know, they go through the struggle of, you know, what do I want to do? You know, and I've had job, I've had at least a job, right? Or I've worked somewhere and done something. And I was trying to think about all the people I've talked to or interviewed, you know, you know, the most successful at the earliest age is 19, 20, 21. But you, you were successful so young, your struggle is clearly, it's a different type of struggle.
0: Yeah. And Does that make sense? It, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean it was tough because, you know, a lot of people think, I don't know why, but a lot of people just think I was just born rich. Like if you ask it, it's like, oh, he's been he's been a millionaire since he was five. It was like, no, like it, it wasn't that. You know, it it there was always levels that I always had to get to. It never stopped. You know, once um before I met Snoop and I got discovered that night in Columbus, Ohio. You know, I was competing at Jack the Rapper, which is, like, one of the biggest, you know, hip-hop conventions and all the DJs and mix show DJs, all the top rappers go to, and I'm five, and I'm really trying to, like, battle with guys that are twice my age and actually winning talent shows in my city, and then you go from that to, to, you know, he's too young, or we don't know, or we don't know what demographic is going to be, he's too hard, and when I was with Snoop, Snoop was molding me into being a little him. Jermaine had to kind of clean it up, you know? And when, even once Jermaine got me, I had to sit on the label for like two years. Like all Jermaine wanted to do was just party, go to the mall and spend money. I, I came down from, from Ohio like, I want to work. Like I, I wanted to work, like that's how, what i how, how old were you then? At that time I was like 10. I was like how 10, do, ha- How do you fucking have that drive at 10 years old? Yeah. I, yeah. You know what, it was like I knew what I wanted to do. And like even to this day, I tell my daughter, she just turned nine. And I looked at her not too long ago, and I said, you know what, at, at, at this age, you should know, right? Like, what a direction right now you should know. Like, you should know and whatever it is, I want you to lock in on it, and I want you to go for it. So for me, I, I knew that that was just the call, and it was entertainment. I didn't know what it was gonna be, because rapping wasn't the first thing. Like, rap wasn't even on my mind. Rap came because I could imitate things. I could imitate this rapper. I can imitate it. So it was nothing. But acting and being a comedian, believe it or not, was the first thing that I was working with.
1: Who, you know, so So take the comedian side. Who who did you look up to
0: back then at 10 years old and nine years old at eight? It was Martin. Love a lot of Martin. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Those were like my two guys in the 90s. Like That was it. Growing up. That, that's who dominated the 90s. It was Martin yeah. and it was Eddie Murphy. Those were my guys. Yeah. Those were my guys.
1: So when did, when did the rap come along?
0: So the rap came along because, you know, my mom would always have guests over before they would go out clubbing and I would always pick up anything that resembled a microphone. And my mom would always be playing music. And N.W. Wave was like the first rap album I ever heard. And I could, you know, my mom just sensed like, man, this... You know, he's, he's five and six and he's knowing these lyrics and he's putting it together like that's what he should be doing. So people started like actually writing raps for me. And, you know, I was knocking them out. And it was almost like I was trained. Like since a kid, it was like they were grooming me and training me, training my brain to memorize lyrics, uh, uh, perform. That's not right. You know, my mom was only Like it was, you, you, you're, covering the, you're covering the comb and it's been, you're going to sound muffled do it again like it was a lot of those nights like it was a lot of those nights my mom you know really on me and and that's all it was for me it was staying on it staying consistent and working on it but that's how the rap thing came about and you know once you meet snoop at six you kind of like hey this gonna pay the bills we gonna ride with this rap thing
1: when you think back because i don't remember shit at six years old do you Mm remember do you remember it or is it because you someone caught it on film and therefore you remember it you know what i mean
0: I remember, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I remember a lot of things. And I am blessed because I'm glad you mentioned that where the moment's even captured. And I'm glad that I can look back on a lot of key moments in hip-hop. And I'm there. Like, I was the kid jumping on the couch in the Jen and Drew Snoop Dogg video. I was the kid on Snoop's first album who did every skit uh, before um, G's and Hustles. That was me that says, I want to be a motherfucker hustler. You better ask somebody. That yeah. was me. So uh, I'm glad that I can always go back to those moments, and those moments will never be erased. So that means um, that means a lot. It's like I have so many different moments in hip hop that I lived through and that I saw. Is it's kind of ridiculous?
1: Can you imagine how old? How actually, I'm curious. How old would
0: Snoop have been when he found when he found you? Dog might have been eighteen. Eight, eighteen. Snoop might have been like eighteen years old. Are you
1: surprised at that?
0: Yes, because there's a picture that I have um, in my phone of the night that we met, the night that you know Snoop and, and Dr. Dre found me, and it's crazy to know that you know that was the first night, and now when I speak to Snoop, it's so it's it's, it's so different now. We can you know indulge in the things that we I couldn't have early on in my life. So um, it is crazy that everything just comes around full circle, but for me the the blessing is the fact that I can always go back to those moments and I have things that are highlighted you know through, throughout my journey through hip hop that I can always be reminded be reminded of
1: it is and and again you know you you have huge fans but at the same time you have people who look who look to you in terms of a a, a person so young getting into music at such a young age mm-hmm. let me put it this way for me, my struggle was probably 30 until my late 30s. Mm. Like, where does your struggle sit?
0: You I, for, it's, that's a tough question because the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, when I really felt it, I would say when I was 16. I would say I went through a, a, a transition Um through my career that was kind of like a dark period in a way uh, me and Jermaine split up first time I'm in the business alone cut my hair off which was like a shock to all my fans the first time I did it I chopped my braids off uh going through growing pains and actually becoming a man in front of the world but also yep. you know in the industry that's when I hit my wall that was me saying okay cool with." you know, me and Jermaine aren't going to work anymore, then I'm going to do it myself. Like, you know, I I had that type of attitude. And and that's when I was introduced to TI uh, by a great friend of mine, uh, Kwan Prabin, who uh, I used to work with back in the day. And once me and Tip clicked in, Tip taught me a lot, kind of matured me and and gave me a lot of game that I needed. And, you know, pretty much just told me, like, yeah, it's time. Like, you know, you you get older, it's time for you to start doing stuff on your own and and really getting out here and creating and, and bringing things to life. So... Around that period, it was it was very weird, you know. Growing up, still having moms in my life and going through that stage. I mean, to me, I was still normal. So, the typical things that you would go through, the growing pains of a teenager, I did it and I went through it, and I did it in front of the public too. Yeah. Um, when you
1: mention your daughter as an example, do you? How do you protect her from doing going through the same thing? If you want her in the same limelight. Yeah. Well, she wants to do it.
0: Like she's yeah. she's ready. So for me, it's just learning about all the things that, you know, pretty much all the things that I went through in my life, the bumps in the roads that I, that I, you know, had to run into. Those are the things that I can teach her and pass along to her. That's going to help her. My job is to guide her and, you know, and give her the best advice that I possibly can give her. And to me, I feel like for a child star to want to come up in the game, you know, I never had a chance to mentor anybody, you know, so for, you know, this is the first, but it's going to be fun because it is my daughter, but, for me, it's just giving her the right tools, the right information that she'll need, um, you know, to navigate through this business. She'll be fine. She'll she's gonna be she's gonna be great. She's she's gonna be all right. So
1: so, so people have asked me because I, I I like to say I'm on, and I say it like Ross would say I'm on my. I just hung up with Rick Ross, and and yeah. he's like I'm, 11th, like I'm working on my eleventh. I'm working on my eleventh studio album. You know, and. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I'm working, I got my fifth brand, successful brand out there. I don't feel any pressure. I don't know why. I have a lot of insecurities, but I don't feel any pressure about launching something else because every time everyone always says, all my brands, they've always said won't work. They've all always said that. So I don't feel any pressure. Did you feel pressure at all in terms of the next song, the next album? Did you feel that?
0: You know what? That's a good question, B. I I didn't feel no pressure at all. I I think I think the first time I really felt pressure was uh, probably on tour. It was probably on tour when they said that um, we were going to do arenas, and Hmm. the pressure of okay, you know, we're about to roll this kid in these buildings, and the same thing happened to me. It was like, are you crazy? Like there's no way a black kid. And yeah, I understand. I get it. That's gonna put nineteen thousand, and we did it. And then the thing is, can you do it again? For me, it was tour. It was never yep. the music. I knew the music was there. For me, it was tour. It's like, yeah, how big am I? You know what I mean? Yep. And then when you see it, it's like, oh shit! Like this is, this is next level. So for me, every time it was tour. It that that's yep. when the pressure. It's like, yo, the show has to be better than, than the last run. And I know every time I'm in front of an audience, they know what to expect from me. Like they know what they're gonna get when they come and see me in concert. And I hope that they continue to come back. So that was hard. When you think of that as the example,
1: does what does it what about music then today doesn't make it fun for you? Because I've heard the rumors you don't wanna you don't wanna do music anymore. Like, how do you make that decision? Because for me, and I'm just giving you an example, Mm -hmm. this weekend is terrible for me because it's a three day weekend and I have nothing to do and I love work and I have no hobbies. There's nothing (laughs) else I want to do, but work. And I know my emails are going to be less. So my biggest fear is, is having is stopping. So it's having that drive. So how do you make that decision?
0: For me, uh, with the music thing, it's like I've been doing it for so long. You know, I've been doing it since I was five years old. I'm 33 now. It's kind of like you know, when you look at somebody's NBA career after their 18th year in the league, they're ready to move on to yep. know, being a sports commentator. They're ready to move on to that next thing, right? So for me, it's the same exact thing. It's like, yo, I've been working. I've been rapping my whole entire life. And God has blessed me with so many other avenues to showcase my talent. And also... I'm not just a rapper. I hate when people just say he's a like rapper is like, no, just categorize, like, put me in a category as entertainer. Like, that's what I do, because I can do whatever it is. So I started finding a lot of love and falling in love with acting. Mm. And I'm like, yo, wait a minute. So I can finally sit somewhere for three months, make millions of dollars, do something that I also love to do, and it's more challenging. I'm like, I'm. Oh, this is heaven. Like, this is life. Like, this is what I want to do. I'm like, no wonder why Q and iced tea and like, you know what I mean? LL. I'm like, yo, I, I get it. I didn't have to call them for advice. I got it. And it's just, you know, it's just a different realm of the business, man. It's just totally different. And, you know, I found happiness in that, in, in that way. And also it gives me freedom and it frees up my schedule. I can get to my daughter more. I can do more things. And it gives me a sense of balance. You is know, my there, life is that balance? Is there a pressure
1: of having to say it though? Meaning you don't have to in theory, you don't have to say I'm not doing music anymore. If you want to right. do music, you can do whatever you want. But is exactly. it is it does it give you that sense of, you know what, if everybody just knows, they'll stop fucking asking
0: me and I'll stop dealing with this? You know what I mean? No, because once you put it out there, then that's when it's they still them, get- undo it. Undo yeah. it. Yeah. You know, or 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 they didn't even hear about it, and it's like and yo, Bow, when you putting out that next? Yo, Bow, when you dropping something? Hey, Bow, he's like, did you get the memo? I know I said I was, I was, I was done, but you know what I mean. So, it, Ice Cube gave me the best advice. Ice Cube told me one time, um, right after we did the movie Lottery Ticket, he I called Ice Cube for advice, and over the phone he told me, never announce your retirement. Yeah. And if you yeah. look on, and if you look at Cube's career, he has never announced it so yep. Therefore, he can always pop up at a festival and, and yep. headlining, or he can always go on tour with another group, and it's going to work and it's going to sell out. So that was that was something that I that that I, I kept close to heart when he, when he told me that, and it made so much sense because you know once you put that out there, you could be missing on some. okay correct Don't want to call correct. you Yeah, it, it you're done. It done. Correct. So, let's get this five hundred thousand dollar check to the next rapper who want to take this. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I had to learn at the hard. <laughs> like, to me, everything positive that's ever happened
1: has come from something negative or a mistake or you <sighs> kind of learn from your experience. So uh, that idea of for even when we, and I, I like to say. Ever going to have a launch party. For an event, nothing big is ever going to happen because all you're doing is setting the expectations too high. You can't live up to that. It's not possible. <sighs> so just <sighs> just. You could be three years later and have an event, you know. You five years later, you know. So, like, there's no if you can relieve the positive thing. Can you relate to that? Mm.
0: Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like in the, yeah, it, like it, it, it's not meant
1: to be deep. I'm just asking. That I was, about just, I was about to just say, I was
0: like, that's a deep one right there, bro. I'm about to say, i, I, mean, I, I that's what I got to take a sip boob. and think on right
1: You see me trying to find it. I'm like, we it's the tonight, things? so So like, <laughs> I'll change the subject then. So I'm a big fan of Omarion, and you, you're close to him, and you've always been My close boy. to him. So to me, it's interesting about he's only a couple years older than you.
0: Yeah, I think Oh got me by like two years, I think. Correct. Yeah. But what
1: I think is wild about that, again, is you've been famous your whole life. Yeah, like... It's, it's fucked up. It's like, (laughs) but in the sense of, in the sense of what, which I think is great with social media today. I tell people this all the time. The problem with social media today is, which is wonderful, but everyone's famous.
0: Uh, Yeah. Or Or they think they
1: are. Correct. But you are, you have become, and I hope I take this positive. You're iconic now because you were famous before all this so you're never going to go away you know what i mean you're never going to go away you're always something relevant those who are famous in the past three four and maybe even going forward years there's a come and go aspect to it so you've had the hard work of getting there which took a long time which you had to build everyone else is really
0: fast Do you do you see the
1: difference? Like, do you feel that?
0: Absolutely, I see it every every year in hip hop. I mean, it's so blatant every year. Every year, you know, there's a rapper that comes out has has a super smash for the clubs, and you know, it goes viral. And then come that time of next year, they're nowhere to be fucking found. They're gone.
1: So, so what do you? So your daughter, and again, I think it's healthy because for those listening or for those future listening, you take your daughter or that rapper, what do you tell them to do?
0: Make things that will last forever and also make things that will impact somebody's life. You gotta leave a stain on someone. You gotta leave a stain there as you mark in your print. You know what I mean? When me and Jermaine get in the studio, or anytime I write records, it's always how can this all last for the next 15 years? You know, we made Out of My System. Those are records that, those are breakup records, records that people can relate to when they hear them. They're connected to them emotionally. You know, you can go back to that time and place. You will remember You know what I mean? It's a memory in someone's life. And I think, you know, we're, we're in a culture now where it's about, getting out fast, getting out fast, and, you know, we, we hear something for two weeks in, or a month, and it's old, and it's over, and it, because it's it's just coming out now. There's, there's no structure. There's no, you know, and, 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 you know, we don't have time to really fall in love with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's why, in this day and age, I'm thankful for the guys like um, Jay Cole and Kendrick Lamar. It's like, I love those guys, because they get it. Guys like Drake, they get it. You know what I mean? They get it, and that's how you sustain time. And that's how you have longevity in this game. And you got to come into this business knowing the work that you're going to do. Make sure that it's great work and that it's work that will last and last a lifetime. And that's all I've ever tried to do throughout my career. From
1: what I read, uh, what's the chance of you and Amari on doing something else together now?
0: Hi, Yeah? We're, yeah, we're, we're in motion. We're in motion, man. But we're in motion. That,
1: what is that... How does how do you get that feeling back? What happens where you're like, oh shit, I want to do
0: this. It was the tour,
1: really. And it was
0: the and it was the mass Singer. It, it was it was doing the mass Singer, and it was me and O's the Millennium Tour that that did it. You know, going so back t- after split the- split them up. What was it about okay. the tour that made it for you? Okay, so the tour the tour because it just brought back the memories, but except you know this one was just different. You, it, it, I'm like, yo, how the fuck did I, like, I haven't put out a new record in like seven years? Guys are dropping new shit every day, every day. And you mean to tell me with the shit that I've done throughout my career, combined with Omarion, we can go out here and do the same shit at 33 and 35 that we were doing as teenagers? So you mean to tell me, they're coming back. Twenty thousand people are still coming back every night to hear this shit. I, I, it it hit me like no other, and I said, "Oh, we would be idiots to not give them what they want, bro." I, like we, and he agreed. He said, "No, dog. Like we can't let up. Like we need to put out a records, records." And I said, "I agree. And let's just let's work and see what we get. When we get that body of work, let's go through it and let's give it to them. So we, we're working. What happened with the mask that made you feel that way? With Mass Singer, it was stepping out the box, doing something different, knowing that um, I could really showcase my full thing. Like I'm not known for dancing. I'm not the best dancer in the world, but if you watch Mass Singer, the people they were comparing me to were like legendary dancer guys, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, with that, it was all about trying something new, and the mask, the outfit, gave me the strength to not be Bow out, but be shy. Yeah,
1: like yeah, yeah.
0: He, now you can get on national TV and be the 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 real you. And that right there alone just changed everything. I'm like, yo, okay, cool. First, this is like practice, little people know, because the tour and Mass Single Singer were back-to-back. So I'm like, this is prepping me for b- performing on the stage. It's prepping my wind. I'm prepping my stage performance. I'm prepping everything. So... After that, it just gave me an extra charge. And I, I said, when my fans in the world see this, it's going to be on.
1: Did you keep what the mask, when the mask is on, did you keep that feeling of of you felt like you? You know what I mean? Going forward
0: without it? I'm going to be honest with you. They, those Wow and the Frog, two separate dudes. Like, Which I'm one brilliant. do you like better? Oh, the Frog. is cold blooded. Yeah. The, the frog is cold blooded. Cause see the frog can do things That that, that Val is afraid to do Like yeah. without that outfit on You would never see me moonwalk I would never do full on choreography I don't want people to be seeing my face And you know all the faces that they catch All the R&B and pop singers making Like I was really I I, I dedicated Everything into, into being the frog And I was fully committed I was all in I would show up and be like, yo, I don't care how many steps, I want to learn it, I want to do it. And I was, I was with it.
1: But you didn't, you didn't walk away, because I've had moments where I'm like, God, I wish I could be like that full time. You know, I wish I could, I wish I could be like that yeah. guy all the time. No? I wish I could be that
0: frog, man. He was, he was lit. <laughs> <laughs> he was lit. But
1: you, you know he what I mean lit. though. It's like that's a different personality that you can you. If you could own that, that's that's kind of a fun one,
0: right? Yeah, that it was it was because I was in, I felt invincible. I felt like there was nothing that I couldn't do. I feel like I could do whatever I wanted to do, and yeah. you know, like I said, when you got that mask on and you can see people, but the people can't see you, it just really gives you a sense of power. And I was bought. I, I bought all the way. In. I bought it.
1: How 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 do you? especially someone who could do so many different things. How does, how do you make a decision? You know what, I want to do the mass Singer. You know, they asked me to do what I want to try
0: this. How do you make that decision? I go about scheduling. uh, Any decision, you know, anything that comes our way before we confirm it, it's all about scheduling. Uh, It all has to align with what we have going on for the year. So for me, it made sense. Um, They contacted me before, you know, like late 2019, like before this year. And I already knew the tour was coming, we already knew that. And it just aligned with each other. And you know, my manager, uh, shout out to Andy, I know he's watching. Uh he was like, yo, we got this great fucking opportunity. And now this is how you really did. We got this fucking great fucking opportunity. And this shit is gonna be fucking fantastic. And you go in here and kill it and like oh maybe we're gonna be on tour, we gotta go back and did you know this did shit.
1: you know the mat but did you know did you know the Matt singer before? Yeah. So many really like this.
0: I was, no, no, at first I was like, ah, oh, shit, like, what did I sign up for? Like, because I, I I felt like a lot of times I make decisions, because this is fucked up, and I know people are going to laugh as they're looking at this, but people always call me when they want to talk business to me when I'm actually doing something, like, that I love to do. So I'll be playing video games. So when I got that call about the mass Singer, it was a lot of, uh-huh, yeah, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. it sounds great, Fox, <laughs> bet, all right, we're well, yeah, getting yeah, money yeah. right now in the video game. Okay, Eddie, book it, just book it. And then it's like a week later, okay, this is what you gotta do. And I'm like, oh shit, Yo, this shit is for real. Like, and you know, so w- when I got the call, like I said, everything, it, it was the Mass Singer at, just to sum it up, it was just a crazy, crazy experience. It was a but crazy is, experience.
1: But do you, do you, and to me,
0: again, it gets back to the idea
1: of just trying stuff. And again, right. talking to artists. I always find it interesting that the song that's the biggest hit is the song they never expected was going to be the biggest hit or they didn't want to put out or they just kind of did it. Like, Are you are you still surprised how, how you never know? You just don't know.
0: Funny story you say that, Brad. Two songs in my career, and this is probably going to shock a lot of people and I've never said this, two songs in my career come to mind when you, when you say something like that. When I did this record, Fresh as I'm I was on my high horse. I was like, "Yo, Jermaine, I'm doing all these radio shows. I'm competing with Wayne, Game, and Ti. Like, it's fucking Fresh as I'm record. It's crazy. This is my L. if I'm Young LL. This is my this is my I'm back. I need like eight more of these motherfuckers. I come in the studio. Jermaine plays this record, Shorty like mine. Mm-hmm. It has Chris Brown in it. Yeah, he looked what so young in that the- fucking video. <laughs> what people don't know was Shorty Like Mine was a Chris Brown record. What we did was took a verse from Chris off, and I did my verse, but we kept Chris's verse on the record. I didn't want to do it, didn't believe in the record. The record comes out, I didn't really care for it. The shit goes number one. Same thing with Oh, I Think They Like Me, which was a number one hit with them franchise boys and the brat and us. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Hated the record. Jermaine sends me the song, I'm in LA, he flies out there to make sure that I do the record. He gets out there, I give him a problem. I'm like, this shit is whack. I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck this is. They're just saying, yup. And they're fucking like, this shit ain't, what? Like, I don't I don't wanna do this shit. And of course I end up doing it. What people don't know is I did not believe in the record. The record went number one. Wow. <laughs> did like it. Comes out to be my best verse that people love. And I only did this shit one time because I didn't wow. want to do it. I did one take of that verse and I walked out the booth. I, that's how bad I didn't want to do it. And I didn't but you, it. you walked out pissed because you didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. But it was Jermaine. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it one time. I did this shit one time. So to me, it was like the laziest verse that I possibly could have rapped. But to the world, what they don't know is that's how I felt. But motherfuckers loved it. So it was my best verse in my career.
1: Do, do you take those things forward in the sense of, you know what, just try it? Because it may yep. work.
0: Yep. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You learn from your mistakes. Yeah. You know, when 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 people tell me, I learned to listen and trust more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that was the, the whole part of, you know, not trusting Jermaine. Like, I don't fucking know to trust Jermaine Dupri. Like, you know what I mean? But I didn't trust him. And I learned from that because I was, life showed me that, oh, motherfucker, you can be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Two number ones you got with records that yeah. you wasn't really feeling at first. Yeah. And I started, you know, throughout my career, as I kept going, I, I just said, you know what, I got to have more trust and I have to listen. And I start asking people, like, even with the mass Singer, I'm like, yo, is this going to be whack if I do this, bro? Like, yeah nah, it's not. You shouldn't do that shit, bro. You're going to fuck him up because you don't. And it's like, I'm going to do that shit. Cause I got okay, I'm, okay, bet I'm gonna do it. And when I see what the people love from it, it's like, yo, my boy told me to do that, and I did, that. and it worked. So, yeah. And,
1: and anything, out of curiosity, anything you regret that you did turn down, and you wish you didn't? Music, acting,
0: performing.
1: Yeah. Can
0: yeah. you say? There's a couple of things. Oh my god. <sighs> I was, um, okay, I got a beat that was sent to me. And when I played the beat, I knew the beat was special. Right? And I said, I know this has to be a a record for the females. Like this is me, this record is like really screaming female heavy and this shit is going to be fucking big. Only problem was everything isn't for everyone. I could not get the words or the idea to stick. So I pass on the track. I turn on the radio, I'm in the car one day and I hear this record coming on. I'm like, no, what the fuck, no. I go back in my Gmail, find the beat and say, oh my God, they gave Wale the fucking beat. Wale has Lotus Flower Bomb. I'm like, that was my beat. And I said, fuck, ah, I I passed on it. It hurt. And I and I the thing was I knew that that beat was Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I knew what it could add to what I've already done for my career as far as like, you know, the lady records. And I'm like, you know, but it wasn't for me. And you know, it it was best fit for what Wale and Miguel and them did and it worked and the the fucking record is amazing. But still I was like, fuck. And even meek me and Meek Mill, we had the stay scheming beat before French and Drake and uh and and Ross. Another one, uh, me and uh, the the John record with Ross and Wayne, Polo to Don, did that beat. Me and Gucci made actually had that beat first.
1: But but do you look at it? Crazy. What do you look at it now? As you know, that shit just happens, or is there anything you take from it, learn from it?
0: It happens in the business because yeah. we have producers that submit records all the time and submit beats, and that's their job. You know, whoever bites on it first, whoever has the best shit goes. So, um, you know, the thing with Polo to Don was, you know, I was in the studio with Gucci and we worked on that John beat. And we completed the record, and you know, I get a call on Christmas Eve, and Polo was like, "Yo, I fucked up. I forgot that I also get that beat to Wayne, and Wayne did it before y'all did it with Ross." And I gotta give it to Wayne. I forgot, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Man, that record. I would. I would have loved to have had that. The record was hard, but um, yeah, man, it happens a lot in this business. You know, that's just the way it goes. Do,
1: do you want to hear everything that's submitted, or are you willing to let the your your managers, your producers kind of filter gotta for it, you. Bro. I got to hear it, bro. Because you yeah, want to be the guy making the decision.
0: You want to be I the one. Because yeah. I'm the guy that has to
1: write. Yeah. You know, I'm the
0: guy that has to write and vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, on the movie side of thing, and television, that's different. Yeah, It has to go. It's a process before yeah. it gets to me. It goes through management first because they don't want to waste my time with bringing me some shit that they know I'm not fucking with. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know... They'll read it first if it's whacking and never even get to me. Yeah, if it's fire, it's gonna be one of them calls that your will bow. Just email you something you need to check this shit out. Like, you know, <laughs> if you're going to Miami for the weekend, if you're about to go, whatever, I know you're about to go have some fun, just find two, or three hours alone time, to sit down, read this, have a drink, and call me after you're done. Those are the ones that when no, when I get those calls, that's when I know it's big business.
1: Got it, but <laughs> we're. We're gonna
0: try something fun right now. So I got
1: a list of questions that from fans mm-hmm. who've been writing in just real quick, random. Favorite movie.
0: Okay. Favorite movie breaking favorite movie, breaking one and breaking two. I'm a real hip hop baby. Wow. Next to boogaloo. Yeah. The, really? On those, um,
1: All right. Uh favorite recent movie.
0: Favorite recent movie. Ooh, we've been on quarantine, a lot of Netflix. Uh not Tiger movie? King. It was funny as shit.
1: Did you watch uh, Too Hot to Mo- Hand?
0: Money Heist on Ooh. Netflix. Yeah. Had me like, gone. Like, nothing mattered. Phone on, do, like, do not disturb, leave me alone. Like, I wasn't even taking my daughter' calls off there I- All right, all she right. Was called, I wasn't, yeah, Money Heist.
1: What's your favorite musician of all time?
0: I know this is gonna sound biased, but I, I might I might take this to my grave, man. It's my uncle Snoop. we okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's up, uh, for sure.
1: Uh, you can't beat that. It's a good answer. Come on.
0: Yeah, that's what I was around. That's who found me. That's that's my guy, man. Uh, uh, uh. that's it. Snoop.
1: Shout out this. Shout out to Snoop. Favorite favorite pro athlete. Ooh.
0: Shit. It's tough. Ah, oh, this might be the hardest question of the night. Hey, oh, I, I'm gonna go with Allen Iverson because he inspired me in ways that no other athlete ever inspired me. From. Like, why? You know, my tattoos. The reason why I have tattoos is because of Iverson. Um, a lot of my fans don't know, but it was just a strong connection. Like every time AI would braid his hair. You know, I would do mine the same way. Even on my first album, Beware of Dog, you know, A.I. was the first person we seen with, like, the two braids, with, like, the little braids going in them. I did the exact same hairstyle on my first album. A.I. was, am I everything? That's the reason why, check this out, baby. I went against Fox. I did not want to wear 23. I did not want to wear 23 like Mike. 23 was the original number for Calvin. And I fought them. For me to have number three because of Allen Iverson. So there's no way I'm going over AI.
1: Do you remember him playing in college? Yeah. In Georgetown? Yeah, yeah. What, but why him? Why, what was it about him for you?
0: Small guy amongst yeah. Giants. Me yeah. being the smallest. You know, yeah. even though at coming in the game at 13, competing against Giants. I man, I had to go against Ja Rule. We're talking yeah, yeah, like yeah. 2000, 2001. You know, I had to go through Nelly. I had to fight Nas my whole entire rap career, and that was my label mate. Every time I would drop an album, Nas just always had to drop fourth quarter. I'm like, bro, why, bro? I always would come in second to Nas, right? But I always would have number one hit singles, and you know, and, and that's what that's what AI represented for me. It was a guy who was small, didn't dunk, I couldn't dunk, but had a heart of a lion and, and and went toe to toe with some of the biggest in his game. And I, you, you know, know, it was the same with me. That's awesome. All right, uh,
1: Rihanna, Nikki, or Beyonce?
0: See, this is one of the questions. If you don't answer this shit right, this is going viral. We're yes. <laughs> <laughs> going to sell a million cases of Bel Air after this. After- there you go. Cheers. Look, the viewers is going up. You, you see that, right? I got to answer this one real carefully. Um, all right. What was it? What was it? Nikki, Rihanna, Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna, Nikki, or Beyonce. All right. Well, let's do it like this. Number one, Nikki is a rapper. Mm-hmm. So it would be hard to put Nikki in that category with two dope singers. Um, that would be tough, but Nikki sings too. But that's tough. Nikki Nick, Nicki is, is is an MC. Um, so I would say Nikki just stands out on her own right now. Like, that's... That's separate. Um, Beyonce, Ariana. I mean, it's tough, man. Because I mean, it's tough. That I mean, talking about massive hit records, massive fan base. Um, I mean, it's tough. I mean, just to have like all three queens aligned, and for them to have those big fan bases individually. That just shows you just how big and how mm. much room it really is in this business to dominate. You know, and have your own lane. So for me. Um, I salute them all. It's really tough because I mean it's hard, man. That's hard. It's like you can't really pay. You you just chose Switzerland, so you're 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 out you're pretty much, made, right? Yeah, that yeah, was like a yeah,
1: political yeah. good answer, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. Do you remember your time with Jordan? Yes. What do you think? Yes. After? I'm sure. I'm assuming you watched the last dance.
0: Yes, I did. What, did it bring back memories? A lot when they showed. Um, the front gate of I mean, just so I know we got a lot of people watching when y'all hear me say Mr. Jordan is because for me you know Marcus his son is a, is one of my best friends and we grew up together so it's kind of hard for me to call him like my Jordan it's weird for me it's weird but yeah man there were times every Scream tour I stayed at the house
1: you know, wow every Scream
0: every time we came to Chicago I stayed you were in there. Holland Park you were at this house
1: in Holland Park yep every time it's, every Scream tour for- yeah. It's still for sale if you want it.
0: <laughs> I don't want the house. But and the house is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, every time, every time we, we went through Chicago, that's where I stayed. And my tour bus would stay in the city and I would get driven from their house to to the arena. And that was that. But yeah, I remember one uh specific story and people might have heard this before, but um uh, show you how much I love that the iverson. I wore a pair of Reeboks. I wore a pair of uh Iversons over to the house, and all of us just fell out of sleep. Me, Marcus, his brother, Jeffrey, we're all just knocked out. And, um, just like a typical dad would do, door swings open, he's kicking us, yo, yo, y'all get y'all's ass up, everyone up. And I'm like, I fell asleep on the floor, so I remember this vividly. So I, like, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, shit, Marcus' dad. No, and I'm the biggest thing in the music business, like, at the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I need a treble. Like, I, I got one of those type of vibes. And he just holds them up and he's like, whose are these? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm like, Mr. Jordan, those are mine. And he's like, these are yours. I'm like, yeah. Got thrown in the trash. Oh. Um, John Michael, who was one of the security guys in the last dance, if you notice, when Mr. Jordan was on the back room of the locker room, a security personnel there was a guy with like white curly hair yeah he white curly John, yeah 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 his name is John Michael so John Michael would always be around and I just remember getting a pair of jump mans like that day and that's what I wore for the remainder of my stay. That amazing. <laughs> was, that's amazing yeah. that's amazing. Was yeah. he What? Well,
1: do you remember what he was like back then was he intense or is I mean, just from, a dad
0: just a dad? Yeah I mean I just looked at him like my like my my boy's pops, you know, yeah. and it was weird because as a kid growing up, that was my dream. I used to pray for that. Like, I just wanted to meet Michael Jordan. Yeah. The first time I met him was with Jermaine here in Atlanta. I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, as I become who I become, his sons are fans of mine. And then we connect. And all of a sudden now, I'm going over, you know, their house, yeah. spending like, how does this happen? But yeah. now it's every time Mr. Jordan sees me and... Everyone in here who saw the last dance knows this is the truth. Every time he sees me, he talks some type of shit to me. Every, every time. It's Marcus. Marcus, we still friends with this short motherfucker? Why are you still around? It's like, it's still, it's always. But it's funny. As a kid, you
1: still, my best friend in the whole world, two best friends are twins. Every time I'd see their father, he I'd say, hey, Mr. Fitzgerald. And he'd say, uh, hi, Brett, just call me Jim. And I'd go, yeah, sure, Mr. Fitzgerald. No problem. <laughs> like, you can't get out of that. I can't,
0: still I, Mr. Jordan, I can't do it because I was a child when I met him. Yeah, and this was before like Mike, and now my one of like my best friend. This is my boy. but I look like being starstruck at my boy's pop, like I, like I gotta respect. this like I would respect anything else. This is Mr. Jordan. I'm 14 years old. He's a grown man. I'm not gonna call him Michael Georges just because I'm bow out. Like you know what I mean? Like it didn't. Yeah. To so this day, I still call him
1: Mister Jordan. All right. Yeah, Bob. It is amazing to speak with you. I think uh, your memory of your life is just amazing because it's, movie. it's it is it's you yeah. your whole entire life since five is out there, and you get it's. I think that's amazing. It's like you're that you're so your Instagram, your the picture taking that took place since you know as now. You know, like you can watch each other today and see your kids grow up, you know, but you have that. It's amazing. I I I get it. I love talking to you. You're down to earth. You're so fucking real and honest, which I think is amazing. Um, I wish you the best of luck. You're self-made. You're I just think your daughter's going to do amazing because she has an amazing father. Um, God bless you. you. Uh, but when this is all over, we'll hook up. I'll see you in Atlanta. And uh, if you get to Chicago, New York, let's hook up. But thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. Come on, Brett, always, man. And uh, happy
0: Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Y'all party safe. Uh, don't drink and drive and have fun. And like I said, party safe, please. And it, But if you do drink, drink Bel Air, Bamboo, or McQueen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>